This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 526, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Welcome to the 
Pick of the Week podcast, episode 526. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And sitting in for an absent Ron Richard is the internet's Jeff Kanata. Hey, guys. Episode 526? Don't remind us. It's, My God. Once you get started, we literally don't know how to stop. You really, <laughs> at this point, don't you need to have a reboot and have a new fresh issue one? You, you guys, your collectability is really waning here. I think that if there's one thing that sets us apart from most of the comics industry is that that's very unlikely to happen here. <laughs> that would, that would yeah, upset all of our senses of legacy. Though. Yeah. Not new reader friendly. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no. There's no hop on episode. No, 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 no. We don't explain any of the jokes anymore. Fuck it. <laughs> we are iFanboy. We like comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book called The Pick of the Week. We'll talk about that book, other books. We do some listener mail. It's fun for everyone. Everyone has a good time, even Jeff. Yeah, especially um, Jeff. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show, so there might be some spoilers. So exercise some caution. And that line is the best thing we ever added to the script. Josh. Yes. You had the pick of the week this week. Kind of, kind of a light week. Yeah. Which, which I'm actually usually happy about when I have the pick of the week. But uh, The double-edged sword. Yeah, I was about 80% of the way through when I thought, oh, this isn't good. I'm going to have to choose one. It's going to be one of them B-plus weeks, which is difficult to... Uh, one of them three-star picks. Yeah. But uh, and it was a, it, there, was, there, was, there was a bit of that. My pick of the week is uh, Mighty Thor number five. Um, and I know that Connor, you're not reading this for some reason, right. which I right. which which is starting to feel more absurd to me. Um, what? That I'm not reading it? Yeah, I mean, I get it. You're you're not as interested, but we've got Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman, and really, this is one of those things. Like as I was reading it, there's a I want to say okay, it's two pages in. I was looking at the art, and I just thought, wow, Russell Dodderman is kind of on the edge of, of being one of the really great ones. Or at least mm-hmm. this is 100% a perfect book for him, and he is taking every advantage of it. Right. Um, he's great. He's really great. and it, it almost feels like seemingly from out of nowhere. I feel like I only heard his name, I don't know, a few years ago on something I wasn't reading. And uh, they sort of picked him on this book. And uh, there's a bunch of places in here, both in the way that he does the figures and the characters, and also in his layouts. That um, mm-hmm. just just really great stuff. Um, I really like his work with perspective. It's it's one of the things that I think is the best about this. Th- that second page, there's a panel at the very bottom of it um, where Thor, she's sort of reaching her hand. She's she's sideways to us in profile, and she reaches her hand out for the hammer to come back to her, and and it's coming back to her just from off panel off to the right and she's sort of got her hand out it's just it's a very like like it would work totally as a picture or or in a movie but i i don't feel like i see this kind of thing in a comic book very like the hands are really good too which in comics can go either way um but i just i'm looking at the figure that the the female thor like she's muscular but she you know the, so often that they're going to draw the characters you know all all sexy time but she kind of looks the part. She's not overly. She doesn't look like Man Thor with long hair. Oh, I guess it would be long hair. But I don't know. It's very, <laughs> really good draftsmanship and storytelling all at the same time, and uh, it impresses me more each time. Um, and I'm yeah, seeing Matthew a- Wilson's name more and more as on uh, books we're talking about. I mean, we, we love him. We talk about him all the time. But I'm seeing him more. I think I hope. I feel like he's getting more work. I hope he is. I feel like he's uh, been but- getting enough for quite a bit. But I don't know that they've been necessarily as high profile. 
And I don't want to imply he hasn't been getting enough work. I'm just saying I'm seeing his name more than I used to, which is nice because he's fantastic. He is fantastic. He's sort of in that new school of colorists, uh, you know, with Jordi Belair. And, you like, there was a different group of sort of all-star, superstar colorists. And, and they're, I don't want to say stepping aside a little bit, but, like, I don't feel like I see Dave Stewart's name as much as I used to. Um, mm-hmm. And when he does, it is special. It's, like, a big thing. But right now... Like I see Matthew Wilson's name on a book, and I'm like, okay, great. That is going to be a colorist who is who's got my sensibilities on how a comic book should look, um, right. as opposed to some of the other books that we're going to talk about uh, later. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I cut you off. No, it's what fine. Were you uh, say? There, there's a panel um, about midway through that I think is just phenomenal. That is as good a comic book panel as I've ever seen. Uh, it's when uh, Thor and Odin are fighting and. Uh, o- Odin senses uh, that uh, the All Mother has gone down, and he like is w- grabbing Thor by the throat and is like whipping his head around because you mm-hmm. know his his spider sense is going off. Uh, and it is so kinetic, and and there's so much energy happening in the scene, and you you know that his head has just whipped around. Yep, uh, it's a phenomenally drawn panel. I just loved it. I can add to that one too. If you look a He's only got one eye to work with yeah. to show yeah. the surprise. And B, if you look over to where Thor is, Thor doesn't know yet. So you've right. got two different sort of realizations there going on where he's just a little bit ahead of her. And it's, it's hard to do time in comic books like that. And he did it here. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's, yeah, it's that's a great, great. panel. Um, and then this, uh, we've complained a lot about redesigns. Yeah. And one of the things is that I, I tend to find myself not complaining about the redesigns of Thor, either male or female form, because they, they tend of, to work. They tend to work for whatever reason. And then finally, I really like the way this Loki looks a lot. His scraggly beard is so great. Oh, and his sort of like dipshit rock star body. Like you just <laughs> you just kind of hate him just because for whatever <laughs> reason. Oh, you like that guy. Um, and then you get to the last page and there's a reveal of of uh, Thor. Odin's whatever Odinson I guess that's his name is his name Thor Odinson. in any way well his name would be Odinson right. son of Odin okay fair enough um, Thor Odinson it's like Phil Spiderman yeah and he's got he's got like <laughs> he's got like his boots that are kind of tra- traditional Thor boots but done with like a rag and his rope I belt. miss those giant I love those boots Thor Captain America like the big flappy boots the oh. knee highs yeah. yeah those are awesome those are the first thing I ever fell in love with in comic book costumes I think, when I started <laughs> noticing those You'll just, just before you, you you were talking earlier about Russell Dowderman where yeah. you'd seen him before so I think we first talked about him was that he did that Cyclops book with Greg Rucka really that wasn't even that long ago he, he, he did the first three issues of that and then he got pinched for Thor yeah um, before that he did two issues of Nightwing which I don't think we probably would have talked about it's really I remember, I remember him from Cyclops liking him, and then I remember they pinched him over to Thor, and we were like, oh, this guy's real good. Yeah, I mean, he's following. He, he, did, he did issues one through eight of the last series of yeah. Thor before it got rebooted as Mighty Thor, so he's been doing Thor for a while. Yeah, and you're following uh, Issa Ribic, for God's sakes. So that's, right. that's, that's not nothing. Um, you know, we get to the... I, I really like the reversal of this issue in a story sense, too, but basically you've got uh, Thor and Odin are coming to blows, and then... Uh, a really big thing happens that I, I guess, should have expected because it's completely obvious, but I didn't expect. Um, I don't want to blow it. I, I don't feel like I need to. If you read it, you we know. We gave a spoiler warning. I know, but if you don't need to do it, you don't have to do it. We're not discussing the thing specifically. The, either way, the fight stops, and the direction of the story changes completely. 
like what the conflict was just they drop it it goes away everybody in asgard who had been fighting each other switches and they change what what they're focusing on to where they should have been focusing all along is it is it cuz thursday and there's, there's a new episode of vikings on <laughs> <laughs> i don't all fighting stops cuz they have to watch vikings guys get guys to a television <laughs> get the mead the, they're doing the preview of last week <laughs> um that was just a, a so good, good fun issue um and and jason aaron is uh, he's a he's a powerhouse, and uh, still, after all this, great time. great uh, great line when she says, uh, "When you're a 90 pound woman dying of cancer, it feels pretty good to punch a god in the face." <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great line, right? That's, yes. that's there are a lot awesome. of them. Yeah, there's whatever this sort of majesty is in Thor. The he has that tone. Yeah, he really has it right down, uh, and I and I like it a lot. So I think that you I'm glad. Well, I'm just glad to know that the his own shorning of his beard didn't affect his Thor writing. Yeah, he looks more like Loki now. It's just that his. <laughs> I was worried his power was in the beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, luckily, it's not. So, what, what do you guys his... think going forward? Is are there going to be more Thors in this book? Is it Thors plural? They did that book. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's true. I think I think there's only one who has the hammer. But well, he's got that. Like bladed hammer thingy. Yeah, the oh, I used to know that. Yarn yarn. Yarn yarn. Yarn. It's like my cabinet. And a cabinet. <laughs> yeah, it's IKEA purchase. I think, <laughs> I think that it's def. It's got to be really difficult to write Thor stories and come up with names for things, and then have to make sure that you always cross check those against IKEA. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a, that's a thing they have to. Or worry you, about. on the opposite, use it as inspiration. You go to the website, and then you just change it a little bit. Yeah. That's that's good, but it'll make everybody feel slightly like, why does that seem familiar? As they put their foot up on their Fnarsk flip. On their yarn beard. So, uh, Action Comics fifty, as we near the end of the current iteration of DC. I was talking to Ron early this week just to bring him back into the show a little bit, and we were discussing how DC right now has a, a very similar feeling to how it felt right. Before Flashpoint. <laughs> the, uh, the, all right, this isn't working, so let's just get through it. Everything's yeah. kind of treading water to the end. Nothing's very exciting. There's a couple, you know, books here and there, obviously, like Batman and Batgirl. Um, but it's you go too far outside of the Gotham City at this point, and everything, everything's just sort of treading water. Yeah. Um, but Action 50 is, I liked it, actually. You know, we've had a lot of trouble with Superman lately with these stories. He's constantly without his powers, and... Here's where the issue sort of culminates everything that's been going on in that Vandal Savage pulls a specter on us and says he's been he's been responsible for everything that's been going on to Superman for the last couple of years. And uh which is okay. It's fine. I'm just impressed that Spectre made that much 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 of a, an impact on you because I've completely forgotten. It made an impact from mostly just pure disappointment. Yeah. But I, so I remember everything. But uh, <laughs> that's the opposite of me. I just gone by the time I walk out of the theater. I yelled at a lady behind me during that movie. That's all I remember about it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's he got his powers back, which is good. I, I chuckled a little bit when at one point Superman says, you know, he's fighting this big battle with all of his friends, and we see Jim Gordon, Batman. It's like, well. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I really feel like I missed something, and I don't know that I have. Maybe I haven't been keeping up with action. It's. I mean, I've wanted to, but it's been tough. Um, but it all made sense. That wasn't really a problem. I was like, okay, they're all there. It's Vandal Savage, whatever. Um, 
I know I've been keeping up with the regular Superman title, and some of this was related to that, the hoarder. Well, it's, this, this story is going through all the titles. Yeah. It's going to end. The next issue is in Superman, Wonder Woman, then it ends in Superman. But it, this just that really shows off how sort of muddled the Superman mythos is right now in the comics. Anyway. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what your, your first, uh, first clue is. On art, this nope. on art this issue, we've got Aaron Cooter, David Messina, Javi Fernandez, Bruno Redondo, Vicente Sofrentes with inks by Aaron Cooter, Gaetano Carlucci, Juan Albaran, uh, Javi Fernandez, and Vicente Sofrentes. Right. On colors, we have Tome Maru, Arif Piatto, and Will Quintana. Right. It was. It takes a village. Apparently, it was <laughs> to, all, to make a Superman. There are a couple of pages of Aaron Cooter in there, and they were great. Yeah, to make a, four, a thirty-nine page comic. I get you it. You had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven people. There wasn't even like an attempt to make it cohesive, though. Right. Oh, the it really bothers great. me. I intensely disliked this issue. <laughs> 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 I thought it was, I thought it was bad, really bad. I mean, like falling into the fortress of solitude, and it's just like, oh no, no, no problem. You're Superman again. Where did that? Uh, yeah. You're healed. I, I I I also like the, the way that he was drawn coming out of there with that, like Captain orgasm, that Captain Marvel <laughs> yeah. face from yeah. out from from Kingdom Come for no reason on two right. pages, two pages in a row had exactly the same face. I get it, he's happy, but he shouldn't fly with his eyes closed like that. <laughs> it's true. Right through a mountain, or Batman, and then and then and also that, you know, he's bat he. he one thing you could say about this run was that before they had the beard, which was awesome, and then he spent the whole time in his jeans and t-shirts, and that was great. And I was like, "Oh, great! That stupid fucking costume is back." Yeah. <laughs> this is what yeah. I complain about. Gonna let his hair grow out too, man. That's really the solitude. He put some palmade in and slicked it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's what the fortress does for you. It just yeah. uh, adds hair product. It's the Dean Kane look. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know. I, I'm that just like it's okay, it's over. Well, it's not over actually. It's two more issues of this storyline, but it's just. I was happy. He I'm just, got back to regular Supermanness. I'm happy as his powers back. I'm, just, you know, it just, it was a fun thing for a while, and then it got overblown, and then they never did anything interesting with it. Like Blackest Night. Right, right, and uh, okay, so let's get this over with. We're going to change everything in two months. <laughs> And that's where we have that's where we're at with DC right now, which is weird. And Mr. Terrific was there because when no one cares, they're like, okay, put Mr. Terrific in there, which I'm happy about, but it's it's a sign. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, have you read any of the Vision? Well, now I have. I read all of it. Oh wow! Uh, holy hell, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I think it. I think it might be my favorite thing happening in comics right now. Uh, I I love it. I I have to thank you, Connor, for telling me to read it because I hadn't been. Um, it's awesome. Division is... number five this week came out, and uh, that's from our buddy Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez Walta on uh, on art and the the, the uh, awesome Jordi Pilar and colors. So Jeff, so what's interesting about this book is. Jeff, uh, Josh made it the first issue of the pick of the week, and it was a very controversial episode because Ron hated it. Really, I was I was torn because I thought it was well done, but I my entire problem with Marvel right now is I miss I miss the old Marvel and right. having growing pains with the new Marvel. But well, I, 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 I sympathize with that. I think I you know I I don't want them to be all this stuff. Right. Yes. But but this stuff is pretty awesome. 
No, but th- with each issue of this series, I've liked it more, or culminating in this issue, number five, which I thought was amazing and probably would have been my pick of the week. It, it very um, well could have been. I mean, there's there's no doubt. I I thought that maybe they would uh, they would think that was a bit of a a payola thing. <laughs> it's not a payola thing. <laughs> well, there's unless a, you're avoiding the payola, and then we have to discuss. Something there's a, well, there's a there's a I'm I'm in it. You bought a new amp, which makes me suspicious. Yeah, I didn't buy a new amp. <laughs> so, I got a new guitar for my birthday. These are different things. Come on, man. All right, so Jeff, so tell us your, your overall thoughts, well, and then we'll talk so about this issue in particular. I think I probably have a different experience than you guys, because I read these all back-to-back, right, to, right. to catch up. And I actually think this is the weakest of the issues so far. Oh, interesting. But, but I, I just think it's because the least amount of stuff happens. Mm. Uh, uh-huh. it, it ends with a really cool cliffhanger, as most of the issues have, and the idea of what the ramifications of vision lying are um but it's almost like he's doing a magic trick in this issue saying you know that the sort of throwaway line of i've saved the universe 37 times in a previous issue it's like well no i'm gonna prove it that i actually didn't just pull that number out of my butt Mm -hmm. you know like like i literally did the research everybody look here it is um but i just i just adore the tone of this it is really interesting uh it feels it feels like Mad Men almost, you know, it's, um, well, I was thinking, trying to figure out how I would high concept this book because the tone is so unique and it's kind of like, I think I settled on David Lynch plus Tim Burton plus American Beauty plus Mad Men. By the way, no, I gotta, I gotta add one thing plus West Coast Avengers because the thing is you said, I'm sick of all these versions of the characters and other characters. This is the vision though. Like right. it doesn't feel like a new version of the the vision. He was sort of a right. weird, conflicted character. He fell in love with a human witch at one point. Like it's a we. He's a weird character, and he's the same guy trying to recreate that feeling, but like under his own terms. Mm-hmm. And how how it embraces the superhero ness of it. It's it's not just like hey, wouldn't it be weird if a superhero was a dad? It's like no, he's still a superhero, and right. it it really embraces the history of that character in in really interesting ways. It, yeah. it, it's phenomenal. It's disturbing and yeah, unsettling. It's really disturbing. Yeah. yeah. Number twenty-four, Kang. Just gonna point that out. Also, like, <laughs> I like Ultron again. Ultron again. Ultron again. <laughs> well, he's got a thing. <laughs> um, this cover. I didn't know anything. I noticed it as much as first, but I keep looking at it now. It's a great cover. He's being pushed into the the cop the cop car by a gigantic police officer, but his head is phasing <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, his head is phasing a little. It's great. The the, the tail lights <laughs> cracked like it's. It's a the guy's giant. Yeah, I know. It's a weird. Like the cop really stands out there. It's like an ape. Yeah, his, head, I, his upper body compared to his lower body. Like there's a there's sort of a police interrogation scene where you don't you're not quite sure what's going on, and the cop is you know he's a good cop but he knows everything about him and he's out of his depth but he's got something there. It's a yeah. It's a heck of an issue. <laughs> it's a heck of a and anything that starts with an extended Shakespeare quote is okay. <laughs> Yeah. What's great about this is, is it's going to be a 12-issue story, and we're still only five into it, so there's a lot that can that can happen. There's a lot of things that uh, need to be sorted out. So, How do you guys feel about the, uh, the the sort of VO narration that's omniscient and, you know, tells you what's coming, and it's a very different kind of, of use of that. Wasn't well, that his internal monologue? No, because we learned about the cop. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like this omniscient third-person narrator. Yeah, which I think is part of the creepiness of it because it, it's so unlike comic narrations. Almost always first-person narration from the point of view of the main character, but this one is a huh. this one's a third-party third 
third person narration, and it's weird. You're right. It's sort of like you're being narrated by Vincent Price. I took it almost. as him, but he's referring to himself in the third person, so that wouldn't be the case. Huh. Yeah, I mean, we, we, when we first meet the cop, we get his whole back, his whole body. Yeah, I thought I thought Vision was doing that because he has information. Oh, like he's you know web connected or whatever, and he can get all that. And he's got high security clearance, so there's no reason he wouldn't be able to find out all that stuff from personnel files. There's like these, for example, there's one where it says previously Vision told Principal Waxman that he had saved the world 37 times. It's like I don't mm-hmm. think he would talk about himself. Yeah, like no, that. no, I think you're right. I, I just didn't put that together yeah. there. Uh, the rest of it could have been, but I, you know what? I didn't notice it, so it didn't bother me. That's, that's kind of how it goes. it's really interesting. And yeah. it, it adds to that, as you said, uh, Connor, it adds to that creepy factor. It's like there's this this thing that's telling me about – maybe it's The Watcher. <laughs> maybe The Watcher's <laughs> narrating this book. I don't know. It's good. It's real good. Um, give Tom King a lot of credit and makes – you know, he's one of the more interesting writers right now in comics. And he's, and he's paired with, with an art team who is 100% bringing it. Uh, yep. to, to match yeah. with those scripts. I wanted to talk about Jupiter's Circle, Volume 2, Number 4, because we hadn't talked about 3, and 3 was excellent. I just... <laughs> four, was, 4 was great, too, because right now we're sort of in the mod 60s era for this these characters, and you know we're in 67 as this issue opens, so we're dealing with the sort of Batman 66-inspired version of these characters and the, and the goons. With the black shirts, with the names on them, and mm-hmm. and uh, and the you know the Lex Luthor character here, who has stolen all the powers of the good guys, and I just I've almost forgotten about the present stories that Frank Quietly's drawing, and I'm just so loving these past stories with these characters. I definitely had a moment where I was like, wait a minute, who was who in the in the? Right. I feel in like the, I have to go back. I had the exact same thought reading this. I was like, which, which one of these guys turns on the other ones? And Yeah, they look a little it. too similar, some of them. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I just... It's good. I've been loving it. it. You know, we, we started, what, in the 40s originally with the first volume yeah. of yeah. this? Or the 50s? Anyway, it's... I just love this look through history. I love the way it changes with sort of... It's sort of the Graham Morrison-esque, which is ironic considering that they hate I each other. I don't... Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, but the the way that, that that real life you know changes these characters and has influence on them, it's 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 fun. I liked the turn where the Batman character who had sort of gone socialist rogue, you know, and kidnapped Hubert Humphrey to protest the Vietnam War, has uh, goes back to save his friends. I liked everything about this this issue, and I, I just love the series. There's a couple of things that need to be called out. Um, there's a Sinkevich cover. Chris Krause, by the way, well, I'm, that's on my list. That's on my list. There's a Sienkiewicz cover uh, that I noticed immediately. I was like, that's really good. Who'd... Oh, it's Sienkiewicz. Um, which is weird because it kind of doesn't fit with the rest of it, but I don't care. We, we complained about it when Alex Ross did that, but on this was like, go on. But it's Chris Sprouse just doing breakdowns, uh, and then Walden Wong comes in and does the finishes. But I, I got to say, it captured almost everything I love about Chris Sprouse, which I thought was really interesting. Because normally I'd feel like I was being shortchanged, but... Like the chins? Oh, just... Just his, chins. his layouts where he sticks the camera, the the, Great the, chins. the, the clean the cleanliness uh, of yes. the panels, the sort of very direct nature of the storytelling. Uh, there's not too much anywhere. Uh, it's it's great. This is this was remember really the early '90s when we used to get Chris Sprouse and Alan Moore doing Tom Strong all the time. You know what? I didn't. I I don't think I was savvy enough to get what was great about that at the time. I went back and read it later, but I was a kid. What do you want? <laughs> in in. 2001, you were a kid? I was 24. Yeah, I was an idiot when I was 24. 
<laughs> Definitely. I didn't notice the chins until now. I'm looking through all the chins, and you're right. They're amazing. Amazing chins. Chris <laughs> Sprouse is known for great chins. Sprouse is a chinman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this book so much. Um, I mean, I loved volume one because it was sort of like these two issue little arcs that were really you know focused on different characters. But this longer story uh, is so fascinating and how it like weaves in and out of the real world. And it's so it's so good. It's so, so good. And I want to go back now and read the first yeah. volume again to see how it informs, you know, yeah. that story. Um, yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh... I don't know how many different not, ways we're going to say it's good. It's very not good. so good, I thought, was uh, Mockingbird number one. Really? I thought it was Which fun. I, I don't think it was bad. Yeah. I just, it was weird. There were things I liked a, a lot. There were things I didn't like a lot. I thought the artist, Kate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck that up. Nemzik? Nemchik. I can't even read the, the script print here. See. Nims is, but it's Z-Y-L-E, or is it a K? C-Z-Y-K. Nimsic. Um, she's, C-Z is a I, I, she's, she's, been, she's been mentioned that she's new, and she's, she's, she's good, but she definitely has a ways to go. Um, I don't know. I just thought, it's intriguing. I'm going to read more. I can't get behind a story with a guy with a ponytail, though. <laughs> just, no one, no one would have that anymore. Um, <laughs> that is totally a comic part. book thing. Yeah, the psychiatrist with the ponytail. That guy has existed anyway, in comic books for years. It was weird. It's, it, uh, it, it's, it's a weird uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the Hulk guy, Doc... Uh, Doc Simpson. Doc Simpson. Simpson. Allowed to have it. The yeah. first place I saw it was in Thor, and it was Thor's alternate uh, identity at the time, Sigurd Jorlson, right. who was an architect. Why do I remember also, that? He's also my table from Ikea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, they didn't even have Ikea then. <laughs> I... I don't know what there was about this to differentiate Mockingbird as a character from either many of the other characters. I don't know why she was in the S&M outfit. Um, that was kind what, of a joke. Did you guys yeah. read the uh, know, the but... letters page? It was all like, everything in this episode, in this issue does, is not supposed to make sense. We're gonna in The next issues will fill in all the in-between moments yeah. between those visits. And that's fine, but if you're doing a character called Mockingbird, who we know... Like, there wasn't anything that felt like... Maybe it's an idea like, oh, this character didn't really have much about her, which I think is totally the case. They tried to bring her back whenever... It was in 2009, I think, when Jim McCann did the Hawkeye and Mockingbird stuff. I don't think anybody had a good handle on who she was, and they're trying to turn her into something else. But I don't know what that thing is or why I should care yet. And as of right now, she's kind of a long-haired, blonde female in the Marvel Universe. She may as well be Sharon Carter or anyone else. So you have to be into this storytelling style for it to matter, I guess. And fucking Hercules has a top knot. <laughs> oh, forget Does it. He? I'm out. Does he? I thought he had an ice look bag the, on his head every time he saw him. Look in the, let's see, page three. All right, hold on. Looking, looking. I'm scrolling, yeah. scrolling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Isn't Hercules oh, he does have a top knot. Yeah, Ooh. I didn't even catch that the first time. I didn't either. Chins but... and top knots. I don't. I don't see what you guys see. Uh, but I, I do love all the little jokes of the stuff they're reading. And you know, like mm-hmm. Howard the Duck is reading mass antelope die-offs, and then later on, somebody else is reading <laughs> ducks die-off too. And it's like, and he's not there. I don't know. It's kind of. It's fun. It's I, fun. I like that, but I thought the production on them was really bad. I agree. Yeah, you're right. I the production on on the way that they put the writing Schrod- on the book. His Schrodinger's cat T-shirt looks weird. Yeah. 
Um, the jokes were good, but I thought the, the production was bad. I, I think I don't like the fact that they're, they're giving her these mental powers. I don't want her to have any powers. That was the deal. She had a, right. she have a, did she have powers? I wanted to say she had a scream, but that's part of the problem. Because she's very much... <laughs> Mary, that's Black Mary. I know, but they're super similar. Well, that's the point. That's the joke. I know. I don't like the mental power thing. Hopefully that's temporary. I, I think that they're they're putting a... Like, they're, like all these books are putting a heavy dose of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into these characters. So this is very similar to her. Oh, Ages she's of on Shield. the show. Maybe that's why oh, I yeah. don't know it as well. Maybe that's more what it's based off, because I haven't watched that. But to um, me, it feels like the same thing where, like, they've lost who Hawkeye is, and they've lost who she is right along with it. Right. And so, or they're, or not even lost. They're, they're redefining it, and what they're redefining it, I don't care about. But, but that I will, being said... I will say I was, I was interested enough in what was happening to read the next issue. Yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a pilot. Too. I think it's fun. I had fun with it. It's, 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 you know, it's not like the first book I'm going to read during the week, but it's, I think it's a fun thing. I'm curious where it's headed. It wasn't shitty. Right. Like no. you said, you no, said no, the no. art might need work. Like uh, there's some other art. We're gonna again, <laughs> same, no, no, same book. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I like. I, I, I like. The... She's clearly new and she's gonna grow. But she's 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 good. I like. You start. know, she's good. Good character work and good start. But she's she's definitely new. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. So everyone starts off somewhere. We're fine. We're all. She's fine. lucky enough to start off on a Marvel book. That's true. I'm sure. I'm not saying good. she started here, but she's clearly new in the world. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. You know, maybe I'll like the second one more. Yeah, I, she has I a little bit of Mike Allred in her. I can see that. Yeah, a little bit. And just a little just bit a of tiny that bit. sort of just a tiny bit. A little bit of. The, I'll tell you what's going on here. A little whimsy. Yeah. Yeah, but also. Just uh, I see. I see Mike Allred in the Tony Stark she draws. Yeah, and the because it's a little angular. No, that's not right. That's yeah. not the right word. But you know, the, I like that style. The sort of line, you know, almost cell animation kind of style. I feel like uh, Tony Stark would dress better. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he would have a private doctor, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. You know he wouldn't like, need this, just the Shield health insurance. Also, yeah, the doctors come to him. They would come. They would <laughs> he totally wears jeans that fit. Yeah. Ooh. His jeans wouldn't be baggy at the bottom like that. Well, anyway, Hercules is a top knot, so what does any of this matter? <laughs> Isn't Hercules dead? Who knows? Didn't They're he die at them. some point? He's a god. That's a good point. He's That's wearing, the, like, uh... G.I. Joe pants. Is that the shining carpet? First page. You had to stop picking early pages after I scroll to the end. Sorry, <laughs> that's the shining Stupid carpet. Digital comics and and the doctor with the ponytail has. Yeah, his... it's it's, a, it's a very much a shining. Yeah, layout. look at the doctor's pants. I used to like it when they did that in old comics, but I don't like it digitally. <laughs> All right, well, we were pretty hard on you, Mockingbird. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I liked it. Jeff liked it. Jeff liked it. That'll be on the cover of the next issue. Fifty, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's not wrong, or at least parts of it. (laughs) Um, so now, if you like that kind of cutting and (laughs) ripping commentary, commentary, yeah, yeah. (laughs) just we go back and forth going, "I liked it. I kind of liked it. I didn't like it, but I kind of (laughs) did." That's that's what we're here for. You can go to ifanboy.com slash support uh, because we need your support. Uh, you can find an Amazon link where uh, the things you buy on Amazon, uh, a little taste of it comes back to us. doesn't cost you a thing. That is a quick and easy way to help be part of this thing. Or you can get an iFanboy membership uh, where you say, hey, I, I like what you're doing. I want to contribute to it. I want to I want to take a, give a little back of value with the value you're giving me. You can do 3 bucks a month or 30 bucks a year or you know anything you want. 
anything you want to send in, uh, we very much appreciate it. Uh, we got another one this week, I think, where the guy sent a note along with it, and it was very kind. I've been listening for a long time. Um, you know, do that with the things that you like. If you, you like Jeff's shows, you do the same to him. I send my money to podcasts and NPR, stuff like that. That's how this new entertainment economy works. Get in line, people. It's so great. It is. It really is. <laughs> Jason Aaron again. <laughs> Doctor Strange number six. Six. I I should I feel like I should tell people that. Um, so on our script, we have the creative team written down, so that we don't look like idiots and forget. Mm-hmm. And like a new, like in the past, we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking over and I see writer Jason Aaron, artist Chris Bocciolo, inkers a hundred inkers. A <laughs> <Not> inks. <laughs> Well, I don't want to write seven them all inkers. out. The seven inkers, I can tell you their names if you'd like. Tim Townsend, Alave, Mark Irwin, John Livesay, Wayne Foucher, Victor Olavaza, and Jamie Mendoza. Or Jaime, I don't know. Um, but unlike uh, the folks over at Action Comics, I didn't notice it. Right. I didn't um, even know. That's why I was surprised when yeah, I saw the Yeah, exactly. Because I was going to do a whole thing like, you know, oh, Action Comics wasn't good because of this. And then I got to this and I was like, well, this worked for it fine, I guess. But there was consistency. <laughs> Um, and also, Bachelor does the colors himself too. So they so, killed your bit. No, I, well, I it was got a different, became a different bit. It's fine. I, see. I this uh, Jason Aaron's doing a completely different thing in this book that he's doing in the other one, uh, and I really like it. This is like the first time I've ever liked a Doctor Strange book a lot. Me too. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I hope the movie is like this. Yes. Yeah, and it's it. There's a big drawn by Bachelo and really chaotic and awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and it has like seven inkers on it. <laughs> you hear me? Inkers, come and got for his movie. Inkers all over the place on that one. <laughs> um, uh, so Bachelo, which real, he's really great for this book because his yeah. his style is so sort of surreal. Anyway, his layouts, the, the amount of chaos he puts in his pages, and it, th- yeah. it turns. A lot of people off. I haven't really love it, but too. it's so, like this. It's perfect. Yeah, there's. It's so. It's such a great marriage. He he's clearly having a great time with it and adding so many wacky little details into the background and the the fun he's having, like drawing you know gargoyles and creatures and and little sprouts and stuff. It's just there's so much there, and and that's the universe that I always think Doctor Strange lives in. It's just like. Right everything's all around all the time and he's just sort of in the center of it. The, the, and so the, the story is that we've been following since the beginning is that there's a shadowy group from another dimension that is destroying all the magic everywhere and they finally made their way to Marvel's dimension and uh, this is the, conf- the first time that Doctor Strange has met them and there's a giant fight in front of his second sanctorum and uh, I guess all magic is gone now. The book's over. Oh well. Well, it's it's a fun it's a fun you know little allegory right for technology versus magic, right? And it's it's weird for me to be on the side of magic you know because I'm usually on the side <laughs> yeah. of technology. yeah these guys are all about technology and science yeah, and they don't they I was gonna make a climate change joke but decided not to no <laughs> uh, the one thing I guess I noticed when I was reading this and I'm looking at, at Bachelor's art like every page or even double page has like a very fluid curve of where the action goes. You could draw like a like an S shape through the page mm-hmm. of the things that you're supposed to follow, and it's it's on every page. Like you can just sort of there's just like a bend and then another bend and then we're out. And you can always follow what it is you're looking at. The guy 
is this incredibly fluid storyteller in that sense. He's a pro's pro. Everyone, yeah, exactly. Everyone you talk to comics loves him. Yeah. Uh, yep. Pro pro wise. But the only issue with it though is that it, it looks like at a certain point Doctor Strange sort of pulls out his his you know his ultimate. He does his super move and mm-hmm. and starts wailing on the bad guy. And I'm not clear as to why it didn't work. You know, wasn't mm-hmm. enough. Wasn't enough, I guess. But I, I wish there was some clear indication as to. It's the power of science, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. No, science. I actually had the same issue. I, I, I did a little bit. I was like, he did it. You didn't, you oh, didn't. wait. No, he didn't. Crap. You didn't really like it then. No, I liked it. It's okay, because I understood it. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Batman Superman 30 is the final issue of this three-issue arc that I've been raving about. And uh, Tom Taylor's been writing with Robson Rocha art, where... Uh, Batman and Superman are teaming up to solve a mystery in space, and it's such a pre-52 story with pre-52 characterizations, uh, awful pre-New 52 costumes. But um, I loved everything about this variant cover by Kevin McGuire included. Um, it's just the, these two characters relate to each other in a way that does not make any sense in the New 52. They don't have that kind of friendship. At least we've never seen it shown anywhere. Um, but uh, even though this featured Lobo, this is one of my favorite arcs of the year. Even though it had Lobo. I really thought you were going to say Lobot. To be, whoa. First of all, if it had Lobot, then we'd be, taught, we'd be leading the show with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Have we ever seen Superman dress up as Batman before? Because it, it feels like a no-brainer. And I, feel I just like, don't yes. think I've ever seen it before. We, it's a, it's in, brilliant. Yes, we have seen it, but not very often. Brilliant. Um, really smart. That was so cool. Yeah, they tricked Lobo by... Uh, he thinks he's... He's, he's basically dragging Batman behind his pickup truck on a chain uh, that just happens to be in space, and he thinks he's killed him and doesn't realize it's actually Superman in Batman's costume. This, I just love the characterizations. It's just they're so great. It, felt, it feels like the old guys. You're just dying for the old versions of any I'm of thirsty. these characters. I'm, as the kids say, I'm thirsty for it, Josh. <laughs> Do the kids say that? Oh, yeah. And what's the cutoff for that? 25? Where is that? <laughs> I don't know. I also, if I like when the the giant tried to smush Superman with his hand yeah. and he went right through it. So great, right? So great. He just stands there. <laughs> it's Are awesome. we done with this? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so great. great. This was really, this felt old school and I loved it. I, I also liked Super- Batman with eyes. For some reason, I liked that on occasion. It worked. Everything about this worked for me. Uh, there you go. I wanted to check in on Weird World. Uh, that was a, uh, it's on, this is issue number four. There was a, four or five issue miniseries during Battle World that was written by Jason Aaron and drawn by Mike Del Mundo. Loved it. When they, re- when they relaunched the series, uh, Sam Humphreys took over as writer, but Mike Del Mundo is still drawing it. Um, and it's a book I really want to like a lot more than I do. I like it for the art, and I keep reading it for that because I, Mike Del Mundo is amazing. I mean, he re- I don't know. I, I, again, I feel like they just found the perfect book for this guy to be on um, in whatever this sort of crazy art is uh that he does it, it looks very different than almost everything else out there um i'm having a little hard time grasping onto the characters i kind of like them um but because is it it's the same ones as before is it different i don't know if they were in the last one at all like last time like the main character was archon who was like just a super serious like conan kind of character um and mm-hmm. this is basically like a road trip movie of a wizard who's been turned into a cat a big hulking, like sort of Valkyrie-like warrior character, and then some, you know, sn- snarky millennial girl um, who has problems with her mother. 
uh, and you know they're going up like Morgan Le Fay is fighting them from a distance. Um, boy, it's it is chock full of imagination and visually it's it's one of the greatest things that I read this week. I'm not quite on board with the characters from it. A little, but I was more connected in this one than I had been any of the other issues. The other ones, the previous three issues, I literally, after the first one, I kind of just flipped through to look at it and get the gist of the story because mm-hmm. I just wanted to look at it. Um, so I, maybe it's getting there. I'm, I'm sticking with it. It's that good looking. All right. So I was surprised to see War Corner added to this show with War Stories number 17 because I didn't put it in the script and Josh hasn't been reading this book. What? And Josh can't write the script. I didn't. I haven't been reading that book either. I don't know anything about it. Josh, did you read an issue of War Stories? I read two of them, Connor. Oh, wow. Whereas previously I thought I had purchased it and it did not send <sighs> to my uh, iPad for some reason, I mm-hmm. made it work this time. Oh, wow, good. Because good I'm you. not quite old enough Go to be technologically Strange. inept. Um, I know. Because uh, you had also mentioned that there was a new... They, they do pretty short arc so you can sort of jump on and, and yes and get in yes. at any time uh and it was getting too far along for me to stay that behind uh i i really liked it <laughs> like obviously um i really wanted you to put it on the next issue because i feel like you've been on the next episode but i was in charge of this one so you did this, so this I had to. this is my favorite arc yeah so far and we'll talk about the art in a second but yeah so this is a story called send a gunboat which is a great title by the way and any time the issue opens with a bunch of gunboat crewmen bagging on a pilot during the middle of a ba- through Inter- before and during <laughs> during the fight, it's just it was great. Interbranch military great. spites uh, fights are, are great. <laughs> like uh, Marines hate people in the Navy, even though they're in the Navy, but you shouldn't say that. It's yes. What nice. did you just say? Anything I like aboard my vessel. Yeah. So it was just. <laughs> It was the character work is great in this particular arc. He does, he he loves these kind of rough and tumble on the ground fighters type, and the guys in the boats are just mm-hmm. they're almost as fucked as the pilots because these guys are driving basically plywood boats around the channel. Fighting yeah, and they're, Nazis. like there's a bit, and I I don't know if it was in the last issue or this one where basically you know she says it's a ship, and he goes, no, it's not a ship, it's a boat. A ship is for you know further distances, and we have to sort of stay in. We can't hit the the open seas, so it's a boat, and that sort of really grounds you in the world that they live in, which is you know this little piece. Of well, that's wood. that's this, that's this issue, and their 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 other boat that they were patrolling with gets just totally destroyed by a Nazi ship, and you just. Everyone's dead because there's basically no armor on the boat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, they just got shot once. Well, they shot everybody." <laughs> um, Yikes! It was. It was. This is a really great arc, character-wise. Now, I, as I've discussed, Josh, this should come no surprise. The art is the challenge in this particular. You know, uh, there series. were pages that were pretty good. Yes. Um, and then there were other. That's pages. the thing. There's, there's glimmers of hope. Yeah, but then there were other pages that were. Uh, unfortunately, uh, were not uh, not professional. They were not up to professional standards. Like they just aren't. I you know I wouldn't have gone with that. And I I wonder a little bit if it's the penciler artist uh, Tomas Ira, uh, or a little bit is the color. I th- the it's color is really the most subpar thing about it. Like it's a lot. Well, of- you know, it's an it's an Avatar book, and they're probably spending the vast majority of their budget on Garth Ennis. I know. And that's fine, but it's, but, and it's, it's uh, the unfortunate thing. It's the only I was the, I used to say it's the only place he can publish his war comics, but now he's got three different series going at three different publishers. 
but uh, it, it is a problem. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's a problem. I'm, I mean, like, it, it shows you the vast gulf between what is considered professional. professional. And I really, I, I can focus mostly on the coloring here. Like, the coloring is not, I don't know. The coloring, it, it's not good. If you look at what somebody like Matthew Wilson does or like Jordi Belair does, like, it doesn't have any of this stuff. Like, I feel like they're it's adding... very heavy-handed. Yes, I feel like they're adding a bunch of things to it that don't need to be there. Light effects and swirlies on the water, and it's just like, just pull it back, man. Let the let the art work, and there I, I'm 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 almost. Uh, it's the w- number one thing when we were getting a lot of sort of. Uh, I was going to say amateur. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. A lot of people's first comics they would send to us, and color is the color and letters are the very first thing that you can be like you're not you're not you're not prime time yet. Sorry. Um, yeah. And it so that kind of sucks, but you know layout wise, the only storytelling it, problem I it had. It would be it, interesting to see if it was how it looked in black and white. That would be interesting. Yeah. Well, the only storytelling problem I have with it is I, it was it was hard to tell which white guy, yes, which white British guy what it was which. Like, they put kind of a mustache on one, but it was super thin, and their face shapes were all the same anyway. Like everybody had exactly the same shapes, and like I have cartoonist friends, and like one of the things that that they learn to do is you, you make people different shapes. You know, like you make one guy shorter, and if you're gonna draw like this, you have to be pretty. Uh, aggressive about it you know like don't worry so much about realism you're trying to convey an idea and everybody is shaped exactly the same so uh, how would you feel if i grew a pencil thin, a pencil thin mustache like I, this guy i i don't even know how that works like <laughs> i don't know Jeff, i think you could do it i think you could pull off the tough thing guys is that you are both so exactly the same shape so <laughs> you're right <laughs> never, never tell us apart. nobody can tell you guys apart yeah. you know i feel like just keeping maintaining the pencil thin mustache is a lot of work I don't know how I honestly I don't know how it physically works. I feel like I haven't seen a real one in practice, especially in a boat. I've made, is it possible that I've only seen pencil thin mustaches in comic book form? <laughs> are no, you saying that, are you saying that the boat's sort of lack of uh, of stability is what makes it hard to shape the? It's, it's constantly <laughs> bumping around. You can't have proper, you know, mirrors and hot water. I love it. I tried to make a pencil thin mustache. It came out kind of wavy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Awesome. Good job. Good job. <laughs> On that note, we'll end this comic segment. You can go to ifanboy.com. You can find the post for this show. You can talk about these books or other books you read this week uh, over at ifanboy.com. Let's do some. You know, those books got questions. better the more we talked about them. They did. <laughs> so the, there we go. The benefit of discussion. Uh, our first question comes from Jamie from Brackley in Northamptonshire, United Kingdom, and says. Do you try and get comics you own signed? If so, which of your most treasured comics have you gotten signed? I remember seeing this email come in and thinking, um, when I was younger, I did that all the time. I was, I, yeah, it came good. in and I thought, we're going to sound like assholes. No, 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 because something in the culture changed, the comics culture changed around the time, Josh, you and I first went to Comic-Con around 2000. When you, that's when people started giving out sketches. Mm-hmm. And now it seems to be all about getting a sketch. And it's not, not even that. People, it's a commission people, now is what you get. People get books signed. Mm-hmm. But when I went to com- Comic-Cons in high school, in junior high school, that wasn't even something you even considered. It was all about getting your books signed. And well, I, yeah. when I went to – I have a, a backing board that I have a bunch of signatures on. But I also, they also have a, a few little like um, – what do they call them? They're just heads. Just the heads of characters. Yeah. Heads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, – that was, I mean, that was like early '90s, late '80s. That was when I was doing oh, that. Wow. So, yeah. I remember. 
when I first started going to Comic Con, so this would have been about 2000. The first one I went to was in 2000. I went to San Diego, and it was not what it is. It was still it was huge at the time, but relatively speaking, it wasn't. I got everything signed. I brought every favorite book I had. I got um, my first issue of Inhumans signed by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee. And that was my favorite thing at the time. I had, you know, I, I think I had Claremont signed something at one point, which just tells you how different I was then uh, than now. Um, but it changed a little. I mean, for us, like, you know, we got to know a lot of people, so it's weird to be like, can you sign this? But um, but I still had it done. I remember I had I had Alex Robinson sign my, my uh, Box Office Poison book just because I was like, you have to sign this book. It's it's a great book, and and I know you, so you should do this. I I, I, it's a, I think it's a nice little touch. I remember I used to see in stores, you know, every once in a while, and this would happen in L.A., and it would happen in New York, too. Um, like, some of the books would just be signed because some guy would just go in there. Yeah. And sign yeah. A bunch of his Creators books. will go there and sign them on the And I thought, the well, that's cool. That's a neat thing that happens in comics. It was well, cool. it's, it's even cooler now if, if you do know the people sort of peripherally or professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get like a personalized signature, that's yeah. even cooler. When it's like, you know, to, to Josh, thanks a lot or whatever. That's... That became a thing because, God, this is again, old people stuff. Like at the beginning of what I was talking about, eBay wasn't a thing. So hey. if you went in and got a signature or a sketch in something and they didn't personalize it to you, they don't know when, you know, somebody's just going to go sell that thing. Right. So if you, you know, and I remember when they started asking, like, what's your name? I'm going to write your name on this. And it's a little bit of an FU, but it's also like I'm doing this for you because you appreciate it, not because you want to sell it right away. Uh, the comic that I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead. you go ahead. Go, go. Uh, the comic that I, that I treasured uh, as a young person that I had signed, it was hanging on my wall in my bedroom uh, all through high school, was my uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300 that I had signed by Todd Nice. Parkman. Awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I had... A <laughs> Silver Surfer comic signed by a guy who didn't actually work on it. <laughs> awesome. Because I was like 12 and didn't read it correctly. Um, he's like, I didn't do this art, whatever. And he signed it. And then uh, <laughs> it's I had to tell you that he didn't work on it. Then you just sign yeah. it. Yeah. And then I, my favorite one, though, was this was in the 90s when I went to New York Comic Con when it was just a tiny little uh, thing. It might have even been Big Apple Comic Con at the time. Um, I got a backing board like you had, Jeff, signed by Alex Ross and Kurt Busiek when Marvels came out. But um, Alex Ross, no, Kurt Busiek drew the sketch and Alex Ross drew the word balloon over it. Oh, that's funny. That's great. That's really cool. I remember that being a thing where you could, if you could get like the artist and the writer, like that was that was special. I think I have a like a Powers number one with Bendis and Oming. Which I which well, I, really I, I have I, I had a Hulk Future Imperfect if you remember that two issue Prestige mini which was really fantastic that was Peter David and George Perez oh wow and I got George Perez to sign it at a con and then Peter David was doing a signing at a store and I got him to sign it and he he was very delighted that George had already signed it he went, I remember him distinctly going oh George already signed this and he mm-hmm. it was cool that he he got it was like both of them were on it not just one of them yeah so I, I thought that made liked it that. a thing because this is a, a little. It's a little undervalued now, I think. I feel like. Well, there's no, there's no authenticity to it. Yeah. You know, like I can sell it, but you don't know that I actually got this guy to sign it. Yeah. Um, I remember at the cons, they used to have a certificate of authenticity they would hand out with the book, but my friend and I found a stack of them on a table. And we just That's took so them. cynical. 
Isn't that awful? <laughs> like it's just. It is really sad. It's like I need to. <laughs> this experience wasn't enough. I have to have the certificate with it. Yeah. yeah. I think people were starting to sell them at that point. Do they just yeah. do selfies now? Is that all there is? is that all that's there? really. I'm sure that's the truth. Yeah. It's nobody wants a signature. They want a photo. Well, a signature can be. I mean, you got to have the certificate of authenticity just to, just as a start. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that with right, a photo. Let's do uh, Lucas from Austria. This is a very international episode. Yes. Says, uh, I'm just listen to, listening to an old episode from 2010, and there Ron proved his ultimate marketing wisdom by saying, quote, Deadpool, it's going to flop, being asked <laughs> what comic properties would make a bad movie. So what do you think, and remember, are your worst comic predictions you made over the years? I feel like without Ron here to defend himself, we can only bag on him more. I, I, w- I would have totally agreed with him back then. But yeah, Deadpool had a resurgence, I, you know. Where, where well, it wasn't that, offensive. Which has nothing to do with why it was a successful movie. Yeah, that's a right. thing. They didn't make movies like that back then either. So Exactly. My, one of my biggest ones was, Zack Snyder is the perfect choice to direct a Superman movie. <laughs> I, I said those exact words. I said, and I was quoted in the LA Times, uh, oh. that uh, Superman Returns was going to be a huge movie, and it was exactly what the movie-going uh, audiences <laughs> wanted. <laughs> yeah. and it was not no <laughs> um, well, it's even, what this country even feels pre- the need for right now is this kind of movie and we didn't <laughs> <laughs> not even a prediction but I mean you can look look back and listen to our Man of Steel podcast in which uh-huh. we're, we're trying to find some good things like we're in a yeah. Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> like, no no it was it was good I <laughs> yeah. liked that part. That was like me walking out of episode one. Right. Oh, no, yeah. It's, uh, you can a podcast, uh, though, that everyone listens to and, and now calls you out on it all the time. I was <laughs> six or seven viewings into episode one before I realized or admitted. I don't know that those are the same thing. That like, oh. Darth Maul battle, huh? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you clung to whatever it is you could. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean that, and that that wrecked me. I mean that I can spe- I can specifically look at that point and just go, well, that was when that was when that part of Josh died, <laughs> the one who would just look forward to something without without really thinking it through. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, we can look back. What I think is funny is that there, we haven't done a lot of shows about superhero movies um, that we thought were really bad that we ever came back around on. Like that was never a thing. I guess we have that going for us. Uh, things stayed bad. I think yes. we were well. Sometimes you know, there's things you like. Uh, we, I mean, like I didn't like Scalped when I first read it, and then it became my favorite series. You know, that's true. You dropped it after the first issue. Yep. Um. So you know, you can do that sort of. I think. I think we tried to. I think for Watchmen, we tried the movie. We we tried to think best about it, but like over time, it seems even more I'm, pointless. I'm, 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 I'm still, I mean, Watchmen hasn't changed really. I'm still a little. I'm still yeah. like. The movie, I, I, it's not as bad as people say. I it's, think it's, oh. I think it's, it's not terrible. Good. I do think it's it's ultimately pointless. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it needed to exist. And look what happened after it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that that movie caused was bad. <laughs> after the fact, <laughs> except for Matthew Good's career, that's fine. He can he end, he ended up on somehow some reason he ended up on Downton Abbey because of that. So that's okay. <laughs> um, well, not because of that. He's also. He works a lot. He was in The Good Wife, for God's sakes. I know. He's not doing major feature films, though. Anyway, the, the point is, uh, 
you know, we get things wrong all the time. Yeah, I, I come around artists all the time. We can all agree, though, that Ron was the most wrong. I was the most wrong. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to ask me about that. And to, I, you know, when they, when, in 2010, that was a good prediction. I would have even said it, you know, when I saw it, when I saw this Deadpool movie, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. When I saw it at the theater I go to for movies I don't necessarily really care about. The one the the, the dining theater where there's it's noisy and there's people walking around and there's waiters. Like going to see I things. I saw the Hobbit movies there. I like how you you rate your movie based on the theater that you want to see them in. That well, if I'm excited about a movie, you know, I'm going to go to an arc lighter or something like that. But if if I'm not super excited, I believe excited, when I people talk about privilege, that's there. <laughs> <laughs> we had one movie theater growing up. <laughs> I'm gonna waste my time at a good movie theater with this right. movie. As soon as I saw the trailer for Deadpool, I was like, "That's gonna make a billion dollars." I can say that. As soon as I saw this new one, but when you saw him, it, what was the Wolverine movie? Was it, it was the last Wolverine movie I watched? Oh, it's been Origins Wolverine. Yeah, when he was in that, you're like, "Oh, that's that's gonna be terrible." Because the next thing they did after that was Green Lantern. And you thought, "Well, that's nobody's getting this right." But they definitely figured out a tone in that time that worked. Right. Which, was which you're now going to get a lot of movies copying. Even and they're going to be identical worked. And they're going to be Worried terrible. It's yeah. the post-hangover effect. After yeah. the hangover, I thought, oh, we're going to watch so many bad Zach Galifianakis movies now. They're going to be endless. Well, no one, no one seems to critically analyze why things worked. Why did Deadpool work? Yeah. Not because it was R-rated. It was because it was true to the character and unique to what we'd seen before and poked a little fun at it. And there was lots of reasons, but not because it was R-rated. Right. But that's what they'll take away. I can't wait for the R-rated Batman vs. Superman. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Those are our emails. You can email us at contact at iFanboy. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wrong podcast. Contact at iFanboy.com. Uh, if you write us in, tell us uh, who you are and where you're from. And thanks to everyone who does that. Um, as I mentioned just a second ago, we also do another podcast called Goodfellas Minute. And we are rounding third and heading home on that one. Only about, only about three weeks left. <gasps> wow, that's fun. Is that true? I, I, it seems about right. Four weeks left. I'm not entirely left. sure where the differences between what exists in the world and what we have recorded, but yeah, it's right. about that. We're running out of time. Okay, Phil's minute. You can check that out. All the episodes available. Okayphil'sminute.com. You can go start from the beginning. You don't have to. You don't you have to listen to, to Jeff's minutes. Listen yeah, to Jeff. Jeff was on the show. It's a fun. lot of great guests. Or throughout there, our time of Goodfellas minute. You, every Monday through Friday, we analyze another minute of Goodfellas. And we're heading uh, into the end. There's only one song <laughs> left. <laughs> I'm upset about What's that. What's really fun is the minutes that encompass the credits. Yeah. Where well, we're talking about that song. <laughs> <It's gonna> be... <laughs> <laughs> the credits minutes. Oh, man. That's oh, look. Uh, <laughs> second assistant to the <laughs> caterer. Oh, Christ. <laughs> you know what? It starts with the assistant director. It ends. Those are going to be hard. Yeah. We're going to have to research. Yeah, so uh, look forward to that on your coming weeks if you listen to Goodfellas Minute uh, goodfellasminute.com Now Jeff, tell everyone all of the things that you do Well, it's a long list, uh, so hunker down um, You can always follow me on Twitter I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T I do a video game show called DLC which you can find at 5x5.tv slash DLC I do a movie review show called the Slash Filmcast You can find that at slashfilmcast.com I do a comedy science show called We Have Concerns, which you can find at wehaveconcerns.com. And I do a technology video show on CNET called Tomorrow Daily, and you can find that at tomorrowdaily.com. When do you sleep? 
Oh, not nearly enough, but... <laughs> well, check all those shows out. Jeff is great. Jeff is a longtime friend of the show. And we, we, let's give a shout-out to yeah. our other friend, Dan Trachtenberg, Jeff's yeah. old co-host at the Totally Rad Show, whose film, 10 Cloverfield Lane, came out this weekend, and hopefully you all saw it. Oh, uh, man. I, I had a chance to see an early version, in, or an early screening, and uh, it's so great. Everybody should go see it. It's, it's, it delivers, uh, and it's so, so fun. I was just if people remember the old days when we did the video show, uh, the TRS crew was our brothers from another mother. That's uh, right. Jeff, Danny, and Alex, we all got along real well and became friends doing all that stuff. And we were really happy to see Dan's success. So good for him. Sure. Hopefully everyone, everyone saw it and enjoyed the movie. Like you got to work with John Goodman? Come on. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? So and, yeah. uh, that all being said, you can get over to ifanbar.com. You can comment on this show. You can talk about the this week's books, what you thought. Um and you can find all of our other podcasts. You can find the video shows. You could, if you wanted to, you could find the episode uh, where Jeff joined us to talk to Stan Lee, which was eight oh. years ago now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am so thin in that picture. Oh, my God. Uh, you can that was a the highlight of my life, though. That was an amazing day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. That, I, I look back on that as the sort of the, the, the best that the video show ever, ever got for me, like the experience of doing it. Because he was, was so, great. like, unexpectedly fun. Awesome. Yeah. You know? It was just like we were, we were jabbing with him and, and, like, joking, and oh, it was wonderful. Um, so, yeah, Jeff was there for that. So we, were long, we go back a long ways is what I'm saying. Um, you can follow us on Facebook.com slash iFanboy or over on uh, Twitter at iFanboy or individually at uh, Jay Flanagan, C.S. Kilpatrick, or the, the absent Ron XO. Are you just Jeff Kanata? Is that all it is? Yep. Yeah, Jeff Kanata. Because um, just they needed another way to see, interact, and, and hear from you, uh, the people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's it. <laughs> and uh, if you dig the show, write us a review on iTunes. Uh, that's the best way you can help a podcast you like uh, is to give them a review, especially with the new algorithms and, that iTunes is unveiling. So our show, Goodfellas Minute, all the shows that Jeff does, I'd list them out now, but we'd go over time. Uh, so <laughs> if you can... You know, if you enjoy the show, if any podcast you listen to, if you enjoy it, give it a give it a review on iTunes. You don't have to be you don't have to write a book. Just no, a couple of lines. Just the stars. Really the stars the important part. You can just yeah, put it's just a star rating. You can just put that, that dummy text in that the lorem ipsum. It doesn't matter. Just yeah, stars. I want to see one person. I want to look by this time next week, I want to see one person have done a review with the with the dummy text. That's your challenge. I feel so. like I feel yeah. like we're not doing ourselves any favors with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just want to see it happen. Tell your friends about the podcast. Introduce your mom to the podcast. Moms love podcasts too. They do. So, uh, well, tell them about iFanboy. Tell them about Goodfellas. Especially tell them about Goodfellas. I'm sure she'd love that. We're a little saltier on that one than we are on this one. We count fucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> help spread podcast love all over the world. And that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. And, and that over there, that guy, the guest guy, who are you? I'm Jeff. There it is. Bye. Yeah.